0: In and you feel at home again. There's a peace that purifies your soul, though you never really know just which way the wind will blow. But I'm sure that I must sail away.
1: Everyone. Welcome back to Global Blue Nosers, the podcast about everyday people around the world whose lives have been shaped by the province of Nova Scotia. I'm your host, Sean Meister, and today I'm lucky to be joined by someone who is definitely in the running to be one of Nova Scotia's unofficial spokespeople out in the world. Uh, Emma Robertson is a digital marketing and social media expert living and working in London. She is particularly experienced in the world of agency marketing, which is high-paced, client-driven environment for any marketer. Um, and really, from healthcare to tourism, Emma has kind of done it all in her career so far. Um, but more than anything, she's a proud Haligonian in Nova Scotian, and no matter where life takes her in the world, she's going to loudly an- announce to everyone around her that Nova Scotia is a destination of choice. So, Emma, thanks so much for being here with me today.
0: Hi, Sean. Thanks so much for having me here. I think I think you summed that up pretty well. It makes me fa- sound pretty, pretty fancy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think we all are fancy in our own ways, aren't we? Uh, de- definitely. I don't think I'm overselling. If anything, I'm probably underselling the, the passion you have for Nova Scotia. I know when we had our chat, you know, just the other week, I was like, yeah, this is somebody who loves Nova Scotia. So um, I tried to capture it there. Hopefully I did it some justice.
0: You definitely did. I think like, that's that's the truth. I was I was talking to my boyfriend about how I was gonna do this podcast and he was like, Well, they found the right person. So he's like, You convinced me and I hadn't even been. So that's pretty good as a starting place. Yep,
1: yeah, I think so. So, you know, obviously that's a very tiny introduction that I just gave to sort of give a flavor of who you are, but it would be great to hear a bit about sort of your story in in your own words, sort of what's been your journey, you know, from from Nova Scotia through to where you are now.
0: Yeah, sure. So I'm I'm Nova Scotian first and foremost. I grew up there most of my life. Um, maybe mention shortly. I didn't I didn't want to stay originally. I used to my mom and I used to get in the biggest arguments when I was a teenager about me. I couldn't believe they moved us back to Nova Scotia, and I didn't want to be there. And and then. Um, Funny enough, I ended up staying for university and and ended up falling in love with the province. Um, I think I always had, but I was just a bit of a stubborn teenager. And with teenage years, you always find something to take it out on. But I studied public relations at Mount St. Vincent. I did a semester abroad in France. And from there, I really fell in love with travel. I hadn't done a lot of traveling before outside of um, Canada and the U.S., so... I, I was all over Europe for six months, kind of seeing as much as I could. And um, when I came back, I knew that it was something I wanted to do again. And even though I I kind of landed my what I call my dream job after university, um, I was working at an advertising agency in well in, in Bedford. But it was where I'd wanted to work. I'd kind of dreamt of it for ages, and luckily found a role there. And and so I thought, you know, I have to do this. And I needed a car actually for that job because there was quite a lot of driving for client work. So I, I got a three-year car lease. And at the time I was like, after three years, surely I'll know what I want to do. And, and I will either, I'll, I'll quit my job and I'll I'll move abroad and go traveling or do something or I'll stay and like really commit to being in Nova Scotia and, and staying here. And after the three years, or I think it ended up being closer to three and a half years, um, I just, I was itching to to go to London. Um, I loved my job and I was, my parents would say that I went back and forth so many times over probably eight months between just having really great opportunities at work and knowing that if I didn't try and move to London, that I think I'd always regret it. And I'm very lucky that my dad's originally from Glasgow. So I'm a dual citizen and my friend Liv, who also went to the Mount with me and studied PR where we became friends. Had been living in London for about five years at that point. And I, th- I mean, she would probably tell you she harassed me into moving to London, which is probably a little bit true because she would call me and say, Emma, I've paid thousands of pounds in visa fees. You only have to pay a few hundred to get a whole passport and be a citizen. Like, what are you doing? So from there, I did it and it just made it a lot easier. Um, so I moved to, to London just over three years ago, January 15th, 2020, which was two months to the day before lockdown hit for COVID. And everyone always looks at me in horror when I tell them that, but I'm so glad I did it when I, when I did, because if I hadn't, I don't know if I would have ever gone because it would have just been too difficult. So I've been here. I love it. I'm, I'm staying. And my mom always jokes that uh, London is my grown up home and Nova Scotia is my growing up home. So that's, that's my story in, in hopefully a fairly condensed timeline.
1: No, that's great. And it's kind of funny. I was actually uh, exchanging messages with Olivia uh, yesterday because she's going to probably be on the, the ep- uh, on an episode of her own here uh, pretty soon. And she was just saying about how she, uh, yeah, she maybe played a little bit of a part in getting you over to London and how similar your stories were. So it's just kind of funny that the two of you have had such a similar journey.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm not one to believe in... I'm not really a big believer in fate or or whatever, but Liv and I have some very weird similarities in terms of how our lives have kind of interwoven and our our boyfriends are even from the same really small city up north in England, which is just absolutely unheard of. It's like a town of 40,000 people and the fact that they went to the same school and both met girls who went to the same university in Halifax through completely different ways. They don't know each other, but it's, yeah... Liv is is definitely, I've met her for a reason, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think think that uh, came across from talking to her too. That's sort of a a meant to be friendship there. So um, yeah, so it's kind of funny. Like I remember you telling me how, you know, growing up, and I think a lot of us growing up in Nova Scotia had that itch to like move away. We wanted to go out and see the world and everything. So what was it about, you know, sort of starting your career and and getting a bit older in, in Halifax where you, started to fall back in love. What what was it that made you start to really get that feeling of, of pride about Nova Scotia?
0: I think it was um, during the, my degree at the Mount, you have to do three co-op placements. And my first one was with the Halifax partnership. And I think that really helps dismantle this narrative that we are this have-not province and there was nothing, you know, worth staying for. Everyone was leaving because there was nothing there. And because the whole work was on promoting the city and, and, um, talking about what, what the city could be. And that at that time, there was this, this feeling that we were sort of on the brink of something big and people were just about to figure out how great Halifax was. There's a lot of conversations about um, kind of rejuvenating the downtown core, which if you look at the city now, it, it's almost impossible to imagine that people didn't want to live downtown at one point or that there weren't all these apartments being built. But I think that time it was just being around other people who were so proud of Nova Scotia or came from elsewhere and chose to live there that I, I was like, okay, I'm clearly missing out on something, and it helped I think reframe this this narrative I had about who we were as a province and who we were as a city, and from there it just I just kind of became a little bit obsessed with promoting us and and being and flipping it from being like this have not province to this idea of, you know, we're actually just the underdog and and people don't expect great things from us, but they're just really wrong. And I, I, from there, I just, the more you get, you see the province and you meet people, or I think also when you leave and you come back, you just love it even more. Um, you know, nowhere's perfect, but I think Nova Scotia is pretty close in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you there. We're, 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 we're right there in terms of being as close to perfect as you can get. And it's, it's funny to hear you say that. Cause it's true. Like I, I grew up with that same, that same sense. And I, I I've always felt that Nova Scotians, we, we have a, a little bit of a self self deprecating humor. Like we're, we're very, very good at, yeah. at sort of taking shots at ourselves. And that really did feed into a narrative that, that I grew up in, which was like, yeah, it's a have not, you don't want to be here. You should go and do something else. And it's amazing. Maybe there was a time, but I know for me, as, as I started to get older, and especially since I moved home, I was like, "That is that couldn't be further from the truth." Like this is this is a place that has everything. It's not a have not. It's a, it has everything, and uh, so it's it's just interesting to hear you say that because it's once you start to see it, it really clicks.
0: Yeah, I still have all the little like marketing hooks in my head from like boardroom to beach in 30 minutes and the things that we would try to yeah, sell people coming to conferences, which is completely true. But it's just in my head, it's those are the things that pop up when I'm like, you really need to visit Nova Scotia. It'll just be everyone's like, oh, why? I'm like, you can go from your office to the beach in half an hour. <laughs> it's just, but it's it is a great place, and I I know I mean I always feel a bit hypocritical talking about how much I love Nova Scotia when I've moved to one of the biggest cities in the world. But I think that's we kind of talked about before that I think being away makes you love it more. And, and just because I'm not, I haven't chosen to live there permanently, doesn't mean that I can't be involved in hopefully promoting it and at least sharing all the good word about how amazing it is.
1: Yeah, I think this is actually going to become a a bit of a a theme across the board in this this show. And anytime I talk is I'm just I'm a huge believer that Nova Scotians don't have to be back home in Nova Scotia to have impact. If anything, there's a lot of there's a lot of times when people being out in the world and being proponents of Nova Scotia is actually way more impactful than them being back home. So, I mean, this was something I was going to ask you later, but let's just like dive right into it in terms of you know you're someone who promotes the province a lot you talk about it a lot you're you've got people in your friendship circle from Nova Scotia that feel the same way like what do you think the impact of of a community of people out in the world connected to Nova Scotia what what's the impact they can have on the province with without having the conversation around attracting them home to to have an impact right here on the ground
0: i think more and more people look for recommendations from people they know and trust. And I think the more and more you can just say, how, the amount of time people say, I want to go to Canada when they find out I'm Canadian. They're like, I really want to go. I want to go to Vancouver and Whistler and Banff and Toronto and just list everywhere. That's essentially Toronto and West. And and that's great. Those are beautiful, beautiful places and, and people should visit there. But then I always say, "Is like, have you ever thought about going to the East coast or Nova Scotia? And they're like, Oh, no, I've never really heard of it. And, be fair why why would they have in a sense you know you, you prob- most people in Nova Scotia probably couldn't name tons of other cities in the UK that are smaller and, and amazing it's the same same idea um, of any country when you're not the biggest it's sometimes hard to have that impact but I always say I'm like well it's a five five and a half hour direct flight from Heathrow and it's I essentially just then list off all the reasons why they should go and provide them a personal itinerary of everything they can do. And usually by the end of the conversation, they're sold, or at least considering it. But I think just having more people with that around to just talk about it and at least be a voice for for why you should visit Nova Scotia, it's 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 free, free um tourism marketing, essentially
1: no totally uh and i know that's when i was living away it was just i felt like i was spending most of my life giving people itineraries for where to go when they when they landed in halifax because i wouldn't leave them alone i'd be like you're you're going on a vacation this year and it's going to be to halifax and you're going to then grab a car and start driving around like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna stop bothering you until you do it Um, even
0: this this weekend i was visiting um i was in bristol visiting my boyfriend's aunt and uncle and i was they you know they're saying oh i really." would love to go to Canada and just knowing what they're interested in. I was like, you need to go to Cape Breton and you need to go drive the Cabot trail and do some hiking. And, and they, they were asking me more questions. I think by the end of the conversation, they were, they are back home looking up when was the best time to go and, and drive the Cabot trail. And, and it's just little things like that. You just, you learn how to personalize trips for people really well because you know them and you know, home so well.
1: Yeah, I feel like every expat I talk to is actually, like, probably one of the best, like, tour guide travel agents that I can find for Nova Scotia. They just, they've got it all in their head. They know how to, like, plug and play an itinerary for whoever they're talking to. Um, it's it's amazing how they're sort of trained to do it just from living their life.
0: Yeah, no, it's completely true.
1: Um. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously now, so you've been away for about, you've been away for three years. Um. So what is it? So, what do you miss most about home?
0: Besides my family and my friends, like the ocean, hundred percent. I grew up towards Bedford, and and every day when I was driving, would drive out of my neighborhood um, and see, you know, Bedford Basin and drive along the Bedford Highway to to my office and I'd be driving by the water every day and I think you know the Thames isn't quite as nice um (laughs) I will say it's 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 not so great but it's it's, I suppose it holds the place of some body of water for now but um yeah definitely the ocean and I think the friendliness um there's my boyfriend came to Nova Scotia for the first time in the summer, and he he's lived in the States for a bit and stuff. And, and I've always talked about how friendly people from the East Coast are. And I was like, Nova Scotians are like the most friendly, maybe only second to Newfoundlanders. And I was like, that's just next level you'll experience that with yeah. my friends from there. And, and he was kind of like, yeah, OK, I'm sure they're nice. But like, how nice can they really be? And maybe two days in, he was like, OK, wow, people are really nice. And he, the thing, he looked at me like dead in the eyes and he was like, people ask you about your day and they actually care. And I was like, yes, yes, they do. Because in the UK, like the big thing is, which still confuses me to this day, even though I, I understand you go up to someone like a cash register or something and they're just like, oh, you all right. And they don't expect any answer back. They don't actually. they don't want to know if you're all right. They think it's weird if you tell them if you're all right. It's like a <laughs> it's not an actual question. It's just like an opening statement. And so the fact that people actually want to hear about your day and chat about it and have in-depth conversations. And I remember talking to someone, he said, Oh, do you know them? I said, No, just chatting about, you know, this thing that we're gonna do later that day or this place we were going to and that's I think I missed that I, I'm I'm chatty by nature I think simply because of my upbringing
1: yeah and you it's it's never good when somebody asks you how you're doing and asks about your day and it's and you give a brief answer like you got to make sure that you really you get you got to get into it right and then yeah. you then you got to create space for them to do the same it's It's. it is so funny about that it's 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 you got to be ready. You got to be ready for that time
0: out of your day. Like if you're commuting <laughs> and you're stopping for a coffee, you need to make sure you're building in an extra two to three minutes for, for chat.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's uh. It, and it's funny. So that we, when I moved home and started working and it was, cause it's, it's integrated into the work culture as well. Like that sort of that first 10 to 15 minutes of even like a meeting um, where the, the sort of the, the pleasantries that, yeah. you know, you might call it pleasantries, but it's like, it's actually like, People get chit-chatting and yeah. it's, and it, and it's an important thing. So I actually used to start to build that in, into my agendas that I'd be like, okay, I got to know that I'm going to condense most things into the, to the last 45 minutes. Cause I got to expect those first 15 minutes to be a wash of just everyone chatting about like what's going on. What, what's, what's, what's the latest news they heard what's been happening in, the, in their life. And it, it, I'd forgotten that when I was away and it really kind of was like a, a a reverse culture shock when I came home.
0: It's yeah, it's true. I think even sometimes at work, I have to like stop myself from talking just because, and people I work with are so, so lovely and like super chatty and great fun, but I just can get off on a limb. So I need to, I need to make sure I'm not just taking the conversation <laughs> sideways.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh no, definitely. My, my wife has learned she's from Ontario and she's learned mm-hmm. that, you know what the sort of the 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 markers of of a conversation when she knows i'm gonna get into it around like ar- ar- around here and she's just like okay i'm just gonna go off into my own space in my mind because you're gonna be talking for a while now and uh yeah it's just it's just who we are
0: <laughs> I love that. I do miss that.
1: Yeah. yeah oh it's 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 awesome um but yeah so i mean it's one of those things that when i when i talk to people who have 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 gone away even people that, that haven't left but you know, being Nova Scotian or having Nova Scotia in people's lives has a really big impact. So like, what do you think it is about being a Nova Scotian, having, having grown up here that has really has helped you in, in your life and in your career? Like, what is it about being, having that identity that's had an impact?
0: It's a good question. I think part of it goes back to what I was saying about that underdog mentality, um, or that, that, Need I'm incredibly competitive and at times stubborn. Um, always to fault, very hard on myself. I'd say as well, but uh, which is just a personal thing. But I think that that nature is. I all, almost always want to be able to prove people wrong, um, especially. Uh, being in London where it's it's almost you see in the UK the similar narrative between the north of England and the south or in in London specifically it's similar to like Canada with Toronto on the east coast where east coasters are like oh darn you Toronto and here it's like oh London gets everything but it's interesting living here because I think the what it's done for me is it's actually allowed me to have a much better understanding of, of the country that I've moved to and the different um different communities the different perspectives and um whenever i am up north i feel a lot at home because it is similar in terms of background and expectations and perspectives um misconceptions i think too of you know funny accents or what southerners here would consider funny accents and as a result i think this this need to want to prove myself perhaps um and and show that you don't need to be from a big city to to be really great at what you do, to be a really great person and contribute a lot. Perhaps that's I think a mix of who I am, but also where where I'm from.
1: Yeah. I think that, that makes so much sense. Um that sort of that that us against the world mentality that yeah. you kind of grew up with in Nova Scotia. It it does it it has a big impact in how you're able to sort of frame up things later in your career. And that's that's such a good point. Um so speaking of of career so I was going through I was looking at some of the stuff on on your LinkedIn profile and seeing what kind of stuff and I noticed you had in there that you did a little bit of work for uh, Discover Halifax at one point. Yes. So I mean that's always a that's always an amazing thing when you get to sort of you know not just in your day-to-day life but officially through work be able to build mm-hmm. campaigns and and things to promote your hometown and so what what was that like? What's it like to have a, a project and where you get to, to build a campaign for, to bring people to, to the place that you love?
0: It, it was like a dream client for me. So I just, I just started working at Revolve at the time. I it was maybe, i want to say five months in maybe when we did the pitch for Discover Halifax. So I, And, and I just remember being so excited because I wanted it so badly. Everyone wanted it badly. It was a huge account, but when we won it, um, it was something special because it was the type of work that I love where there's, you know, big creative concept and lots of, you know, supporting campaigns. But what it meant to me is, is we actually, I worked with um, Katie Conklin who I think she's still there, but she, she had this idea with their with team to create the Nova Scotia or the sorry, the Halifax visitor guide. And mm-hmm. so together um, we created Halifax's first ever official visitor guide. And it came from like a very, um, a place of, of a lot of experts who really love the area who want to provide the best recommendations and perhaps the recommendations that you don't usually get in official tourist guides. And that i remember that project being like i think we used to call it like our baby because it was this opportunity to really make sure that we were curating the best possible experiences for people who were coming and picking this up and it's i'm pretty sure they still do it i don't think revolve still does um the marketing i don't think they're still their agency because it's it's been years but um they still do the the visitor guide. And I think having that little bit of impact of knowing that there's this idea of this really well curated guide for people who are coming, who really can discover the best of the province and have this, um, well, I mean, bias, of course, because we want everyone to think Nova Scotia is great, but this sort of perspective that you wouldn't usually get before. And I think just the other type of campaigns we got to work on. Um, one of the years I was there that it was Halifax was voted one of um TripAdvisor's top ten global destinations on the rise, which was huge. The fact that no you know, Little Nova Scotia, Little Halifax to be one of the top ten destinations in the world on the rise, which was solely based on the the reviews of people who visited, who came and loved it just as much as we did. And that was really special. And I still remember that. I still talk about that because it, obviously, you know, it wasn't just us who did that. It was everyone working in tourism and everyone from Nova Scotia. And I think that's what made it so special is it was just a hallmark of how effective um, we were at making people have a great time when they came to visit. So working in discover, discover health was super special. Um, Definitely challenging from a lot of ways, but in a lot of good ways, I learned so much. Uh, I love the province even more. And I I'm so proud that I got to work on that for years.
1: That's such a cool project to work on. Cause yeah, the visitor guide is such a, a core part now. And like, they've even now diversified out. They've got sort of the kids visitor guide to, to Halifax. Oh,
0: cool. I think I which saw that awesome. last summer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, um, my daughter will flip through it and she loves it. Just like picking where she want to go. Or so she, she'll see things. She's like, Oh, we went there. I'm like, yeah. So she like that. Th- no, that's like a foundational piece. Like to be, to have been able to work on that. that that's cool. Emma. That's really cool.
0: I mean, it wasn't, to be fair, it wasn't just me. It was a huge, huge Mm. team of people, but I was the one who had to edit it. I remember having all these sticky notes. So that that was my role in it. But, and and it was, yeah, it was a huge, huge team effort. But um, yeah, that was, that was a very cool client.
1: No, that's, no, that is, that is very awesome. Um, Okay, so actually good to to mention the visitor guide because I'm kind of going, I'm going to start going into some of the the other stuff here that I want to chat about. First of all, I know for me, when I was an expat, probably the, one of the things I missed the most was food from home. Mm. And so obviously I'd get like food from like home, home. My mother would send me care packages that were of a size that I, I don't think should have been allowed in the mail, but <laughs> I'd also, there were, there was also just the products that I could get only at home or, you know, the stuff at farmer's markets and things like that. So mm-hmm. for you as an expat, if you could just sort of snap your fingers and get some stuff on the shelves, near you like just down the street from you what would be some things that you'd you'd just love to be able to after we're done talking go out and grab
0: okay so number one i was thinking i was thinking about these things it's sometimes hard but number one is cinnamon buns from cheryl's bakery and pugwash those are very
1: good recommendation
0: fanatic and they are my absolute favorite so if you're ever in Pugwash, Nova Scotia, you got to go to Cheryl's. you got to get there early because they go fast. And they, every time I go home, my mom has them for me in the freezer. Um, my parents have a, a cottage in, in Pugwash and I've been going there my whole life. So um, there always are, are extra cinnamon buns from Cheryl's in the freezer. That's number one. And I think Benjamin Bridge wine, uh, especially the pet nat, I have been live and I have been harassing Are there's a, a, a wine, um, a wine bar that opened in the area I live in, in London. And I've essentially just been harassing the owner to get in some Nova Scotian wine to the point where my coworker was in and she mentioned something about Canadian wine. And he was like, yeah, there's this, this girl from Nova Scotia who keeps telling me I need to get Benjamin Bridge wine. I was like, that's me. That's me harassing me. <laughs> I'm seeing him tomorrow. So I will, I will be following up. But Pe- that and I think any any beer from two crows um or Taton brewing those are my favorite I mean I've got my my good robot so oh, right. very nice um I also love good robots, so I think any of the like the beer the wine, I think f- food like so many restaurants but I can't really put those on the shelves here so I think <laughs> yeah, cinnamon buns, some wine from Benjamin Bridge, and then some beer from two crows and Tattle brew.
1: Those are excellent choices, all of them. Uh, and and Benjamin Bridge, I think, has has distributor relationships in the UK. So um, they do, yeah. They. So that, that it, it should that your 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 contact there has got to follow through. Like it shouldn't be too difficult.
0: No, they should because they. I when I I lived in Wimbledon the first year I lived here, which is you know a bit bougie, but that yeah. was just the short term thing. And I walked by this wine shop in Wimbledon Village, and they had Benjamin Bridge wine there, and I was I texted olivia and she went and got it um <laughs> and but that's the only place i've seen it and it's it's very it's not close to where i am now so i need to we need to get the pet nad in go get some others yeah so that's good to know they do have distributors that makes a lot of sense then
1: yeah i'll i'll, I'll see if i can send them a note and say where are you in 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 london because I, yeah. I knew that they were they were around so uh yeah that's one that that very realistic that we should be able to get that closer to you wherever you are and and that is they have a great product so totally totally makes sense you'd want that that around
0: yeah i still have a bottle in my in my kitchen in my wine rack that i brought home last summer that i've just been saving i'm too i'm like too scared to drink it even though my mom's coming to visit in a few weeks for the first time and i said i need you to bring me some benjamin bridge Nat just because i like to have it on stock <laughs> i'm too scared to use it all up but yeah that's that's next on my list then find find out how i can get it here
1: yeah no okay well then maybe uh, let, let's put that as a as a follow-up item i'll see if i can help with that um but so you mentioned restaurants so obviously you can't have the restaurants there where you are now but when you come home what are some of the restaurants you you've got to hit up or or that you tell people they need to hit up when they're say around halifax or or other places
0: so it used to be, I would have to go to Edna for brunch, but I hear that they don't do brunch anymore. So someone told, I think I remember seeing it last fall. Maybe they don't do brunch anymore, but it used to be getting their ricotta pancakes was top of the list. Um, then pretty much anywhere for seafood. So bicycle thief, or that's usually where I go with my parents, or blanking at the moment. Um Oh, Salvatore's in Mm -hmm. Hydrostone Market, the Ham Hero Sub. When I lived around there, they used to know who, they used to know it was me calling to order a large Ham Hero Sub, which was kind of embarrassing, but whatever, it's delicious. Um, (laughs) Mother's Pizza, I'm going to, after this, I'm going to forget all the places I'd love to eat, but it's, I think that's the problem is I could just eat out all the time. Yes. really good places and there's probably places that have opened that I haven't been to now that, I'm I'm out of date with what's cool in Halifax, I guess.
1: Well, and that's probably one of the things that really blew me away the most when I came back to Halifax, like to to work back in 2017, it had been 10 years really since I actually really been downtown. I was blown away and over the past 5 years it's exploded even more like the restaurant options in downtown Halifax, it's it's a completely different city in terms of what you can do now. It it was not. You you did not have those kind of options, you know, say 10 15 years ago it was you know, some pizza joints and things like that. But like, yeah. there are some legit top end restaurants around Halifax now. What's,
0: there's one that's opened in the, um, oh, my mind's blanking, that new Queensmark. There's <sighs> there's a few new restaurants in there that have opened. There's also that cocktail bar, name is escaping me, that is always booked up. I couldn't get in when I was home last summer. Um, yeah,
1: Queensmark. Yeah, there's like uh, the ones I've been to down there, there's Drift uh cafe cafe lunette yeah um and there there's a few others opening there's actually a couple more opening um i think this year uh in in that space so next time you're home there'll be even more restaurants yeah. in, in that spot
0: i'll have to go Though my, my two like staples i always go to are Stillwell well and Oblody. mm
1: good choices yeah, very too. good choices um all right so I'd say it's time to go on to sort of the the last question. I kind of end with everybody, which is around the sort of the the perfect 24 hours. So you get one day to come back to Nova Scotia. Someone says, get on a plane, come back. You're going to land early in the morning and you get 24 hours in Nova Scotia. What is, what is Emma's perfect day in in Nova Scotia?
0: Okay. So we're going with the premise that it's perfect 28 degree weather and it's yeah
1: okay this is hypothetical you can set the parameters
0: setting the parameters i miss the beach so much so we're going first thing i do is land i drive to cortado um for coffee in bedford they have like the best coffee in Halifax, and get get a nice really nice coffee from cortado then i would go to the store buy a bunch of food pick up a medium garlic fingers from jesse's and go to the beach and just have some beers on the beach, even though I know, I don't think you're technically supposed to do that. So whatever.
1: It's not actually (laughs) happening. This is all hypothetical. Remember it's fine.
0: I'm in a different country. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Have some beers and garlic fingers on the beach. Just like hopefully swim a little bit. um, And then go back, have a shower, go downtown, have like a really nice seafood dinner at maybe like on the patio at bike thief and then go for like some wine or go to one of the be- go to like Stillwell Beer Garden and just hang out with all my friends that I don't get to see very often in my family, and that that would be the perfect day to me. Is just being at the beach with people that I that I love and eating the food that I love and just relaxing.
1: Sounds like a pretty perfect day to me. Yeah, yeah that's I think you, yeah, that that checks all the boxes. Um, Emma, it's been so great chatting with you. I mean, it's one of those things that ever since uh, you know we started to get connected and everything. It was pretty obvious that, that you love this place and we're, we're, we're pretty lucky as a province to have you out there, you know, selling us to the people that you know. So thank you for, for what you do for the province and, and thanks for taking the time to chat with me.
0: Oh gosh, no problem at all. It's been really fun. Thanks so much, Sean.
1: All right. Thanks. I have to say that when I went back and looked at uh, the recording of of this episode with Emma, I was actually amazed that we stayed on time. Um, Emma is classic Nova Scotian in that she's just so easy to talk to that, and that was a lot of fun. So when I actually saw that we we didn't go over time, I was quite excited, kind of surprised. So I I really hope you all in, enjoyed that episode. Uh, I really I really enjoyed recording it, and something Emma said that. I just wanted to, to mention before getting into sort of all the housekeeping at the end of the episodes, that that idea of, especially for folks that, that grew up here in Nova Scotia, so often, especially the people that live away now, when, you, when I talk to them, you hear that, that sentiment that they really grew up wanting to get away or, or they, they wanted to see what else was out in the world. So there was this real desire as a kid and as you got older to, to leave, you, you wanted to go out and see the world. And then suddenly you get to this point in your life. Maybe you're a little bit older. Maybe it's early in your 20s, but maybe it's more later on in life when you're in your 30s or 40s, where suddenly you have this this feeling of realizing how much you miss it, how lucky you were. And for some people, it's interesting. You almost hear a conflict in their voice. They almost feel bad about having wanting wanting to get away when they were younger to to now be to be missing it so much. And I, I don't really think there's any need to feel conflicted about that, but it's it's interesting how often you almost you almost hear a bit of of guilt from people, and I'd be cur- I I'm always curious to dig in on on why that is because I think it's pretty natural, but it's 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 definitely something I hear a lot. So I, it was interesting to hear Emma say the same thing about just that desire to get away, and and now she's sitting out in the world in London, you know, you know, missing home, but also being really vocal and wanting other people to experience the place that at one point she wanted to get away from. really interesting. Global Bluenosers is a some good media and entertainment production. It's recorded and edited by me, Sean Meister. Our theme song is I Must Sail Away by Lindenburg-based band Black Matilda. You can find us on social media, primarily on LinkedIn and Instagram at Global Bluenosers. And if you're a global blue noser who wants to talk about your love for the province, my contact details are down in the show notes, and I'd absolutely love to hear from you. So send me an email. And if you liked what you heard today or on any of the episodes, please uh, give me a five-star review and follow the show. And more importantly, share this episode with people you know who might enjoy it. And come on back next time to meet Emma's good friend who was mentioned in, in the episode here today. Uh, she's also a fellow Mount St. Vincent alumna, Olivia McDonald, based in London. Thanks, everybody, for stopping by this week. I'm um, excited to hear everyone's feedback on, on this episode. So send me a note and I will talk to you next week.